Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Look at this. Beautiful humans. We got Dan. Hey. We got me. And we welcome Olivia O'Brien. Ooh. Hi. Ooh. You can pull that microphone closer. Okay. Can you hear me now? Ah, you sound really good. Thank you. <laughs> you have a very nice speaking voice. Really? I don't like my speaking voice. What? Why? I feel like nobody likes listening. To, like when I listen back to myself like on videos and mm. stuff. Can't stand it. I feel like I can't look at myself, but I can listen to myself all day. I can't look at myself or listen to myself. So. <laughs> That's, that breaks my heart a little it's bit. It's okay. It's fine. You, I'm, I'm dealing with it. You're beautiful. Thank you. Let's start there. And the first time I met you, you stopped my friend dealing in his tracks. Like he almost started drooling to the point where I was like, what's, what's wrong with you, friend? And he, he like didn't even lock eyes with you. He's just He just witnessed you. And it was at the Nash con- uh, concert. Yeah, yeah. I remember That's that crazy. very vividly. Well, tell him thank you. <laughs> I know. I'll pass on your notes. Okay. And then I saw the last time was at uh, David Dobrik's house. Yeah, David's. That was funny. With AJR? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they he, they make the music, or they they use his song, their songs, in his videos. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like a, do you hang out with them often? With David? Yeah, and that crew? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually, my boyfriend is like his best friend, so. Cool. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, his name's Todd. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> All right, we have music to dive into. <laughs> Love Myself. That is the, the, the record out right now. That is the latest. But I feel like it is connected to the other two you released in 2018. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong in saying that? Well, I think... I mean, I have an album coming out in the spring, so all of those songs and all the songs I've been releasing recently are going to be on it. And so I feel like they're all connected because it's all part of a body of work. And I started working on it in like last January. So all the songs that I've written since then, I feel like it almost was like a new era for me. Like right before that, I had really bad writer's block. And then I went and I wrote I Don't Exist, um, which came out in uh, September, I think. Yeah. And then since then, all of the songs I've made just have been, I feel like, my best work. And so I feel like they're connected because it's like all part of this new era. It's like, it's a chapter. Like, I, I kept writing in my notes, it's like a chapter. Like, it sounds like a new chapter on life. Mm-hmm. What, what caused your writer's block? What do you think? Um, I mean, it's it's hard to say because I feel like it happens so randomly all the time. Like, I'll go a few months and I'm just writing like I'll go into a session and just write a song in like 20 minutes and it's great and it's awesome and whatever and then like the next week I'll go in and I'll have like three sessions and I just cannot write anything and I don't know why I like I mean I I think it's just because I write based on my life experiences so you gotta live mm -hmm, and if I'm not living my life if nothing's (laughs) inspiring me I just like cannot like I just can't I don't know. I get it. Yeah, because you need memories, right? Mm -hmm. You need experiences. Like, you need to feel things in order to write about feelings. Yeah, definitely. I Hate You, I Love You. Life-changing record. Financially, fame-wise, all of it. Mm -hmm. After that, are you in a easy writing flow, or are you suffering from a block or, or a lack of life? I mean, it's been a few years now, so, like, I've been in and out of... I mean, it happens, like, I feel like every couple months I get really bad writer's block. Lately, I haven't even, I mean, 
It's hard to say. It like it literally comes at random times, and like sometimes I'll just be sitting, like I'll be like in the shower, and I'm like, oh my god, I have the best idea for a song, and I like, run out of the shower and like write it down in my notes. Like it happens, or I'm driving and I have to pull over on the side of the freeway and like write down like my idea <laughs> or record it in like voice memo. But yeah, I don't know. It just sometimes random inspiration will come, and sometimes it's just not there. But was there pressure after a record like I Hate You, I Love You? Because it was a, a bit huge, massive. I think there was. Uh, there was definitely pressure, but I was able to kind of sit back and be like, okay, what do I do now? Because it was my first song I ever released, so I had to kind of catch up <laughs> with myself and be like, okay, I make music now professionally and not just a girl writing songs in my room. Like, I have to go meet with producers and figure out what a session is and what you, like, how do I, how do I share my feelings with, like, this like man who's like 15 years older than me sitting there on the computer like how do I say like oh this is what I want to write about and like be comfortable with that you have to learn everything I literally I had to learn everything I'd never been in a session like my first time like in a session was with Nash making a hate you I love you and I'd already had the song written how cool is that yeah it was pretty cool like I mean I mean it, it is special and I always I always think about the power of the internet and really how the internet can change anybody's life in a second and that's what changed your life at least with Nash right you covered one of his records and ended up on SoundCloud he hears it and he you send him a song. It started as a voice memo? Um, yeah, I think so. It was just a voice memo, and I was playing piano and singing. What do you learn about your creative process from that? Like, And, and how do you change it after that record? Oh, I mean, it's changed in every possible way, because I was, you know, I was 15 in my room writing that song. I didn't think anyone would hear it, so it's like... Now I, I write songs with the intention of like, okay, I'm writing this song and people are going to hear it and it's going somewhere and it has to have all these different elements. Back then it was just like, oh, I'm on my piano and like, this is how I feel. Now it's like, how can I like have, how can I have cool production? Like what's yeah. some new things I can do? Like, what do I do for this melody? Like it needs a hook, whatever, whatever. Like I'm just more, I have more of the mind of like an actual songwriter rather than, I mean, I still, I still like whenever I am having a block or whenever I'm like struggling, I will go back to like, okay, I wrote this song when I was 15. And it was just how I felt and that, and it was my most successful song. So like maybe I should just chill and like just write about how I feel and see what happens. Yeah, it's a reminder to just mm-hmm. be yourself, but it is a balance, right? Like, yeah, definitely. It's to, you never want to lose yourself because who you are and what you feel and what you experience mm-hmm. is what creates everything. But you also got to be focused on production because it helps tell the story. And I also want to just strive to be better and make the best possible music that I can rather than just like, you know, throwing my feelings on a piece of paper. So I get that. Mm -hmm. So let's dive in here with these records. Um, I don't exist. I, I felt it because I've experienced it and the way you called out L.A. so eloquently, but also so honestly hard. Like, I mean, hard to do, but also hard to realize that in yourself? Um, I feel like I've written so many songs about L.A. and my experiences here. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just that actually, because that was after I had like a two-month writer's block, I was like really struggling and I was just so down on myself about that. And among other things, it was just a, a dark time in my life. I wasn't doing so well mentally. So I went into the session and it was with these um, producers that now they've ended up doing most of my album. Um, but this is my first time working with them. It was a year ago. And um, they came from Sweden. It was this amazing guitar player and writer and then the this producer. Um, and then I also was with my best friend, Drew, who I write a lot of my songs with. And I told them, I was like, I have writer's block right now. I'm probably not going to write anything good, but like, let's try. And then they just started making this amazing track. He's the Tobias, the guitar player, started playing this, like, just the beautiful guitar in that song. And I was like, so, so inspired by it. I was like... 
great, this is amazing. I just started writing and I didn't even have a concept. I didn't have a hook idea. I just literally just started writing it and just it happened. And then at the end of like the first verse that I wrote, I was like, like I don't exist. And, I, and then I looked at Drew and I was like, could this be a hook? Like, should we just like make it a hook, like whatever and call it I don't exist. And like, that's the song. And he was like, yeah, like you just wrote a song. Like, congrats, your writer's block <laughs> is over. I was like, great. <laughs> wow. I, 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 it's a hook. It's a clear statement, but it's also, I don't, was it healing? Because mm-hmm. those feelings have to come from somewhere. Like the statement, Definitely. just to flow out of you, I don't exist is, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when I'm really feeling something like a lot and I just, and I dig into my mind and I just like, it, it's like opening like a little door in your brain and then like everything just kind of comes out and it is just, cause I don't even know how to explain it. It's like just putting your feelings into words and sometimes it's hard to do that and sometimes it just like clicks and you just it just comes out of you it flows because Mm -hmm. it needed to come out Mm -hmm. it's cool and that one record starts everything um i don't exist yeah it was the first one after my like writer's block that i really loved and then after that the next day i came in and i wrote udk and then uh i ended up having two more days with these guys because we just were like Okay, we can't like we Just, can't lose this. Like, yeah, you don't want it to stop. On, yeah, and then I wrote um, two more songs with them, and on a roll. Yeah, and then I ended up going to Stockholm and writing with them there, and that's where I wrote "Love Myself" um, and a couple other songs. Statement so. record too. Mm-hmm. Are you talking to yourself and "Love Myself"? Or are you talking to somebody else? I'm definitely talking to myself. I think, and again, when I most of the songs on my album, when I wrote them, like I was not in a good place. I think that I'm I mean I'm in a good place now I'm in a better place I'm not fully where I you know where I want to be and need to be in life but I think that mentally I'm doing a lot better than I was when I wrote all these songs and so I think I was kind of talking to myself in the future like oh I need to love myself like why am I so hard on myself why am I doing this like I don't need to be doing this to myself like I should love myself so it wasn't like I do love myself it was like I need to Get my head on straight. I need to do that for but myself. You address the pressure that society puts on you, and instead of drowning in it, you kind of you use it as a realization moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not even just pressure that society puts on me. It's pressure that I put on myself. I'm like probably my hardest critic. So, but by the way, that everybody puts on themselves because I heard myself and I like I understood that. Like I just I, you know when you hear a record like that, you, something like that, everybody connects to. I mean, I think when you're honest about how you feel, we're all human. We all have emotions, and most of our emotions are pretty similar. We yeah. feel a lot of the same things. Like, it's just part of being human, and especially part of being young. Like, you know, you just you have to figure out who you are and how you feel about stuff. And some people can't put that into words, and I'm lucky enough that I can. And, like, I feel like that's why I'm here. It helps people because not everyone can say, like, this is how I feel and whatever, whatever. If someone can relate and hear how I feel and it makes them feel better, then that's, you know, my job is done. It, it helps people, and, and also kind of sounds like it helps you, too. Oh, 100%. It's like my therapy. Like, my mom, I call her the queen of therapy. Like, she <laughs> loves therapy. Every time anything went wrong in my life, when I was a kid, she would throw me into therapy, and I would, I just wouldn't even talk to them. I would just sit there and be like, <laughs> what was I supposed to say to these people? I can't relate to them. So I would go home, and I would write songs, and, like, that was my therapy. That's what works for me. Like, therapy might work for some people, but, like, wow. songwriting works for me. Were you asking yourself questions in your head to pry things out of yourself, or is it just, like, you, you talk about unlocking a door? I mean, it depends. I feel like it's different every time. But 
whenever I'm just feeling like emotional, I just go into my room or whatever and I, I just let it out. I don't know. It just I feel like I'm, it's almost I'm not even there. It's just my brain like spewing it out. Costing therapists money for 19 years. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. Zach Sancho. Hey, I want to talk to you about the S word school. I've been thinking about going back to college for a little bit now. My mom brings it up every now and then. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I need the right school for me. And maybe one of our sponsors is that school. If you're like me and you've been considering going back to school, you got to ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that need to be easily transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of those questions, Arizona State University could be the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 150 highly ranked degree programs 100% online. So you're going to earn the same degree that you would on campus on your own schedule from wherever you are. It's totally up to you, which to me, that's like the coolest thing in the world. Plus, ASU Online accepts so many different transfer credits. They're just, they're there to make it easy for you. If you want more information, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517. And you'll learn why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates. And why 87% of ASU grads are recruited for jobs within the first 90 days of graduation. That's really impressive. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive. Arizona State University. If you want to learn more about ASU online degree programs, text Zach to 35517. That is Zach, Z-A-C-H, to 35517. Zach Sancho. Love Myself is the record. It's out now. Listen to it. But before that is Care Less More. Mm-hmm. Uh, another statement record, too. Like you're, you're sending a message. Yeah, I think, I mean, that song... I, it was one of the more like recent songs that I wrote, like the latest songs uh, that ended up on the album, and it's definitely more fun. I feel like I was because a lot of my songs I are on like a sad note, but that song the lyrics are sad if you really listen to them, but it has more of like a fun like sultry like vibe to it. Um, and I did, in my music video I did like choreography and I danced a little bit, which was super fun. So I kind of tried to like make that my more fun song, even though it's a little bit sad if you listen to the lyrics. <laughs> Are you a dancer? Uh, yeah, I used to be a dancer for like basically most of my life. I started in fourth grade and then I stopped uh. when I left high school when I was like a junior in high school. So, Is it weird to dance to some of your records even though they are so emotional and they, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I've never done it before. This is like my first time doing it because I always, you know, I, like I said, I'm my harshest critic. Like I just felt like, oh, I'm a singer. Like I shouldn't be like dancing. Like that's, this is weird. Like I, I what if I'm not good? Cause like I'm not just a dancer anymore. Like I'm a singer. So is this like, are people going to be like, oh, she sucks. Like, why is she doing that? Like she's just sick to singing. <laughs> but that's like a real conversation to have with yourself yeah. and out loud, which some people might find crazy, but it makes sense, right? Like what do you do up on stage? How do you, but you, you feel it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, when I, and when I'm on stage, even like i I don't know if I had choreography I feel like I would forget it I just go up there and I'm like whatever like, I just kind of move my body in whatever <laughs> that way was very like used car dealership inflatable man yeah that's my vibe <laughs> I, I vibe with it I'm in why the color purple great question <laughs> um so I actually the other day was in the studio the first song of my album at the end of it I have like a poem describing 
why I like the color purple and why it's become kind of my thing. So not only is it like just an amazing color, it's been my favorite color since I was little. I used to call it purple because I couldn't say purple. <laughs> um, but it's the highest vibrational color of light, violet light, um, oh. other than white light because white light has like all the colors in it. Anyway, oh, <laughs> and then it also it means like spirituality and royalty and creativity and all these amazing things. Um, so I just love what the color represents, and I think I mean it's my favorite color. But also, um, this guy that I like pretty much wrote the entire album about. It was his favorite color too, and we like bonded over that or whatever. I guess I don't know. And then um, when we stopped talking, I saw the color purple everywhere, and it like reminded me of him. And I was like. Great, now I see my favorite color, and I think of you, like, this is... Oh, that's... So, um, I was like, no, that's not happening. I'm going to dye my hair purple, and I'm going to make everything I do purple, and it's my color, and you can't have it, and it's mine. <laughs> You're just going to own it, outright. <laughs> exactly. So then when I see purple, I think of myself, my, and other yours. people think of me, and someone sees something purple, they send it to me, and I'm like, and they're like, thought of you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's mine. It's <laughs> really genius. Because it happens often, right? You see something, a number, or a movie, no. It's like a, a good life lesson. Mm -hmm. Just is, make it your own thing, and that's it. Whatever. Is it weird writing a whole album about an ex when you have a new boyfriend? Um, well, I finished it like pretty much before I met my boyfriend. So okay. Um, now I'm like, if I go into a session, I'm because I haven't really been writing over the holidays and stuff. Now I'm like, can't write anything sad. <laughs> so I'll probably be like, why are you sad? Like, did I do something wrong? I'm like, no. <laughs> but the next chapter is going to be different because it's exactly. where you're at. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, have you been writing since? Yeah, I've been writing a little bit. It's definitely more like right now I'd say all the songs I've been writing have been about like being scared of like starting a new relationship and um, like being scared to like love someone and actually like get love back and yeah. not because I've always like been the person that likes people and doesn't really get that reciprocated. I feel like that's what's inspired all of my my songs in the past. Constantly friend zone? What was Oh, honestly, yeah. Really? <laughs> what that's I have a song on my album called Just Friends and it's about like me being friend zoned. Well like was there a moment like any point in your life where you're like, why? Like why do you think you were friend zoned? Well, I think I just go for the guys that I know won't like me back because I don't like it's almost like I don't want it because like I've always been so hard on myself and so self-conscious and all of these things that I'm like I'm holding myself back from actually being happy because I feel like I almost deserve to like be sad and like not have that I get that yeah. I understand that and doing that are you going after the safe people or are you just no, going after I'm the going wrong after people? like the people that are pr really unattainable or like just like are like they the, friends of yours before or, or are they it's like people like guys that would be like I'm not I don't want a relationship. I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not over my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I'm whatever it is. Like I'm like, yes. Oh my god, hi. <laughs> You're for me. <laughs> this is the biggest challenge. A thousand yeah. hoops to crawl through. I'm in. Like I can already hear the songs I'm writing about you. Yes. Amazing. An emotional Love Olympics. It. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you do you think that's a part of it, right? This idea that the more you live and you emotionally put yourself at risk, the more you feel and then the more you have to write about. Yeah, the more content. Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. But now now I like to think of it as like I'm not afraid to like jump into things or I mean not like dive in right away, but like I'm not afraid to start new relationships and you know just be vulnerable because if it backfires, I'll write a great song. <laughs> if something bad happens to me, great, I'll turn it into a song. You so. always come out on top. 
I mean, hopefully. <laughs> is there any part of your brain that feels like you can put yourself into somebody else's shoes and like write a story that's not your own or write a song that's about somebody else's story? I, I've done that before, actually. I was just talking about this with my um, one of my best friends, Maddie. I wrote a song a couple years ago for her when she went through a breakup. Um, and that was like one of the first times I ever did that. It has to be someone really close to me, I feel like, or just... Yeah. Or just something that really affects me. Like actually, last night, um, my one of my other friends like just went through something where a guy just treated her horribly, and it was really affecting me. So I was inspired, and I started writing. I wrote like a little kind of poem thing that I might turn into a song later. But cool. um, yeah, I just I think it has to be something that really touches me um, in order for me to write about it. So you can be emotionally invested. Mm-hmm, definitely. And like bring, I get that. Like tap into that. It needs yeah. to be real. Exactly, because it's either if it's not about me, it has to. I still have to feel it. Yeah, cool. It seems like you doubt yourself a lot. How did you know? <laughs> I just took a wild guess. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you like fix that or deal with that? Um, I mean, it's been a process. I've I've struggled with depression since I was eleven, and um, it's just kind of. I feel like since then, I've every day is like working on myself and. In the past, I'd say like six months, it's gotten a lot better for me. Like finally, I feel like I'm like finally somewhere where I'm like, okay, I'm not really depressed anymore. Like I feel okay. So I think for me, mainly it's, I feel like it's your perspective is everything. Like nobody looks at you the way that you look at yourself. Nobody cares. Like it's not like a, nobody cares about you, but it's like, if you the little mistakes that you make that you replay in your head over and over and over again Mm -hmm. nobody else is doing that you're the only person doing that when i look at myself in the mirror and i notice all the little tiny things i don't like about myself nobody else is noticing that none of my friends have ever said oh i don't like this about you no one like that's just not even a thing like you are your harshest critic so just being yourself and and not not letting yourself like be your worst enemy is it's hard, but like you just have to like constantly, constantly remind yourself, like, I'll, like. Well, how do you feel about like Truth. you're a pretty person who has a, tons of followers and you're on social media? How do you feel about all those young girls looking at you like she's perfect, she's beautiful? I want to look like her. See, that's. I mean, I feel like I go through phases where I'll like post photos of me like looking really cute and whatever, and like trying to dress cute and. Then you do some weird angles. Yeah, but then then I'll post something that's more like, okay, I'm a real person, or like, hey guys, like I have a zit on my face right now. Like, you know, I try mm-hmm. to try to balance it out. And whenever I am posting a lot of photos of me like trying to be cute, it's usually because like I'm trying to get like my ex's attention, or like you know, I'm trying to like make somebody mad. But then I realize, and then that's when I'm like not good. Like I'm not probably not feeling the best about myself is when I'm posting photos of me like trying to be cute. Mm-hmm. So and when I am feeling good about myself, I don't care what I look like. On social media and I'll post whatever I want and like probably won't wear makeup for a couple weeks and whatever it is. Which, by the way, is still real. And a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the people who hide behind a thousand filters every time that like, I get it. Yeah. I mean, that's life. And isn't that what people want on Instagram now? You want a balance. Yeah. I feel like when I'm post, when I post like funny stuff, it gets the most likes and comments Mm -hmm. than when I post. But people will still like the beautiful photos. It's like they want the real you, but at the same time, they might want the fake you. It's like every other post, you got to (laughs) alternate. Yeah. I like, I mean, I like to think it's not the fake me, but like it's like me when I'm like trying. (laughs) Me when I'm trying and me when I'm not trying. (laughs) I get it. Uh, Okay. 
So we have three records out now that are a part. Is UDK a part of this new album that's yeah, coming? Yeah, it is. So we so have four. four. Mm-hmm. Is it the remix with G-Eazy or the one with just you? Oh, that's R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. R.I.P. is not on the album. That's okay. um, from my past project. But okay. UDK, it, UDK was the first one I released. Then it was I Don't Exist. Then Care Less More and Now Love Myself. And then, is it going to be an album? Yeah, it is an album. But is that the next thing coming, or are you going to drop more singles? I believe I have one more single coming. Not not positive. Cool. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Any collaborations? Um, no. I, well, I might do, like, my plan was to release the album with no features, just because I wrote the songs by myself, and I feel like I the song contains a full message like with the first verse and the second verse and the bridge it's all it's all contained in one message it tells a story and I don't want to take anything out of that and um, you know I, I mean other people's inputs on a song it's, it's great when someone else can take a song and add a verse and like have a whole other outlook on the song it adds so much to it and it's amazing so I want to do like maybe remixes of a few of my songs cool. with some cool artists um, but I want to release the album as it is with no features just because I feel like it's you know, telling my specific story. I was going to say, it's your story, so. Mm-hmm. And they're yours. How proud do you feel that you wrote an entire album on your own? I'm really proud. Um, I mean, I've been working, The I think the goal ultimately this entire time has been the album for the past since I Hate You, I Love You. But, you know, I released an EP and I had all these little singles and nothing ever felt like a cohesive, like this is an album and this is a project until now. So I'm really like excited because it feels like, like it tells a story and it's a body of work. It's not just like here's some songs and they're going together now and there you go. <laughs> it's you. It's like it's it's it captures a certain amount of time in your journey. Yeah. And I don't know. It's cool. And I think a lot of people are going to see themselves and hear themselves and feel themselves within this these these records. You I know? hope so. <laughs> it's they will. You once tweeted that you don't enjoy or like pop music. So why do you make it? <laughs> Okay. Ooh, look well, at you digging deep on <laughs> in the internet. Well, every, I was reading through her tweets, and like they're very funny. It's like a diary. <laughs> my tweets are a diary. I was going through my tweets um, yesterday because I had to like find an old photo, and I was like, I need to stop tweeting so much because <laughs> I'm literally like I've been scrolling for like months, and I'm only in December. Like I don't know what's going on. What's wrong with me? No, but I, I just I listen. I'll, I'll listen to pop music. Like I think I think it's um I appreciate like it as art but I don't like sit in my room and like listen to pop music unless it's Ariana (laughs) Ariana Grande is the only one you like well not the only one I mean there's definitely some songs that I like but just I like to you know I like music that I can really really feel and relate to and I feel like a lot of like songs on the radio specifically I think when I say pop music I mean like there's, I get it. I, I, there's ho- certain songs that are, some songs are just like crafted uh, like in the machine to like be made for radio mm-hmm. and then not, and there's nothing wrong with people that don't write their own stuff. I think that's a whole other thing. If you can take someone else's words and emote it and sing it and, you know, really feel it, that's, you know, there's songwriters that need to be paid, you know, that <laughs> don't want to be singers. So that's a whole thing. But I, I don't know. I just really like when artists write their own songs and I feel like I relate to that more and I really and I'm just I love R&B that's like my number one first love so I don't know it's so, just weird that I don't <laughs> I, listen, I don't listen to pop music but I make it but, so what, what is it about Ariana that you like I think she has R&B soul in her okay and the lyrics are pretty real mm-hmm. you know when you talk about genuine music I think even if you just take a listen to the last three records that we were hit with dude those lyrics are reality <laughs> It's pretty crazy. I try to incorporate like elements of other um, like genres into my music. That's why when people are like, "What genre do you make?" I'm like, 
Well, I make pop music technically, like if you want to look on iTunes and look at the genre, but I draw inspiration from R&B and alternative indie music and even like rock, like even like my like my all-time one of my favorite artists in the entire world is Fleetwood Mac and like Stevie mm-hmm. Nicks, which like oh. I don't know. I on my when I when the album comes out, you'll definitely hear that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel, and I feel the future of music is going to be that anything could be pop music. There you go. Pop is popular. So it's the most popular songs from across different genres. Mm -hmm. A good pop chart is made up of different genres all combined into one. So I feel like you can't really limit yourself. It's unfair for an artist to limit themselves and think of themselves as making music just for one genre and it needs a really intense hook and everything needs to be placed here and needs to be sitting within these keys. Mm -hmm. Scientific pop, right? Yeah. Anything has the and that's true. That's potential to be popular. Exactly. So pop music is veering towards like I think also like not that this is a good thing, but people are like in my generation, people are very like. I mean, Jeremy Zucker has a song. All the kids are depressed. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's it's true. Like good there's so many so many people like so many kids are just going through like mental illness and like so many emotional like. Like, everyone wants to hear stuff that satisfies that, that makes them feel emotions. So people are starting to love that stuff more, and that's becoming more popular. I mean, just it's just the pattern if you look at what artists are coming up right now. No, you're right. It's, it's a very genuine, very real, I think, generation. And I mm-hmm. think it's a very genuine and open and transparent generation of artists that people want it because they see themselves and understand themselves in it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the people who give it... You know, obviously they're they're incredible artists, but they use it to heal at the same time. Yeah. It's like a give and a take. And you're right. I, I think people crave what is real. If the mic goes away and it's not happening in the studio, people still want to know that person that they can run into on the street or just see anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. They want, they crave something more. It's a deeper relationship because I think music plays a very a much, not bigger role than before, but a different type of role. Definitely. I, it's a special role, but it's cool. And to your point of like artists writing their own music, like it's, that, it's the only way to convey those messages is if you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's nice. What do all the Barbies represent? <laughs> you come in with all the real questions. Okay. Well, I was just, I was just I was like purple Barbies. I'm seeing it all connecting. Yeah. Drowning Barbie. Um, <laughs> um, so in on my last project, it's not that deep. The cover art. I had this girl, this Barbie, and she was blonde, and she was supposed to be like drowning in shallow water. It was like it's not that deep, like it's um, like it's supposed to represent like getting caught up in all of the like shallow things in mm-hmm. life and um, things that don't really matter. So I kind of flipped that around because I was really into the whole like the whole doll thing, and I was like, how can I make this into like my next era, but like kind of put a spin on it. So I decided I would recreate her and I turn her into this I, I named her Violet so she's okay. basically what she represents is me if I was if you took away all of my like human qualities like if I was the best possible version of myself like uh-huh. completely like like all the things that I love about myself but heightened and like a million more things that I would love about <laughs> myself if I had those qualities but then it on the flip side of that it represents like I could never be that like I can never be perfect I can never be a doll I can never I'm, I'm a human being mm-hmm. I have flaws and issues and so it's kind of like a it's like both positive and negative 
Okay. Um, I don't know how to. That's the only. That's way a I good explain. That that explains it. Cool. <laughs> but you've also been very open about plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for you to be open about that? Um, I mean, I think again, like we were talking about um, on social media, like represent like when these little girls they look up to you and they, you know, mm-hmm. they see you and they're like, oh, she's so pretty. Whatever. I could never look like that. I, you know, I had a nose job. I've never like. I always, it was one of my biggest insecurities and I would look at girls that had, you know, noses how, that I have now um, and I would be so upset. Like, I would be like, I'm ugly. Like, I never saw anyone that looked like me. So I like to, and like, sometimes I regret like changing that about myself because I feel really? like I could have been a good like role model for girls that were like mm-hmm. me. But if I, fig- I figured as long as I'm honest about it and I say, like, this is what I look like before, like, it's okay. Like, you don't need to change yourself. I felt like I needed to because it was something that, like, I worried about it every day. Like, I would go anywhere and that's all I would think about what? was, like... Wow. What was so... Cr- I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> you guys, I swear, I literally cry at anything. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Who do you go to with something like that? You know, do you go to your parents? Do you go to a friend? Do you, uh, who do you tell for the first time that you want to? Oh, I was saying it since I was like 11. <laughs> I told everybody that I wanted one. What was it? What what sparked it in you? Was there like a one moment that you remember? Um, not really, no. Oh, well, it started when I was like, I think, I think like fifth grade was when I, like I had a bump on my nose and I think yeah. that's when it like started like being like showing up like because you know when you're a kid you're that's not your final form like you your face changes so I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade when it started getting like noticeable when I when I was like looking at myself and being like what is that (laughs) and you know kids are ruthless like they all (sighs) I wish I wasn't such a cry no it's just (sighs) it's very powerful stuff and the transparency is Really respected, and it's. I literally cry at like anything though. Like my friends make fun of me so much. Like I'll just be <laughs> sitting there, and like they'll be talking about something like kind of sad, and I'll just have like a single tear rolling down my cheek, and they're all like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm fine. Just ignore it. Like it's just it's, I'm crying, but like let's just it's not a big deal." <laughs> but you really are sharing a story that needs to be heard. You yeah. know, like perfect is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect doesn't necessarily exist or need to exist. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's really your. Thank you on behalf of the next generation of people growing up. It's cool stuff. Yeah. How are you feeling over there, Dan? Good. So I have some lighter questions. I guess we'll get to them. Yeah. You're over here making me cry. Sorry. Like, I apologize. You are. Okay. I just want to know, like, what's Going. your obsession with Saddle Ranch? Is that this restaurant? It's the one on Sunset. What? You have an obsession with it? Okay. So <laughs> I just was tired of going to the same places Amen. over and over again. Places that, first of all, I'm legally not even allowed to be in. How so old are you? I'm uh, 19. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I was over it. And like the p- clubs in LA, like the big popular clubs, people go and they sit there and they're literally just like, oh, they're mm-hmm. and then like Mo Bamba by Sheck West comes on and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and then like the next song comes on and they're like, <laughs> and it's like what are you doing in the club if you're not dancing I'm like the one that embarrasses myself like I can be like completely sober in the club and I will be How's the, the most embarrassing life? person there but, 
it makes you not want to go out, right? Well, exactly. So I was like, where can I go with my friends that we can just go embarrass ourselves and not have to worry about these people who are going to look at us and be like, so we just started going to saddle ranch and um we thought it was funny we were like this is like such a funny place like and there's a bull there's a bull and then so and also after we started going there we started renting mechanical bulls at like every event ever like for zane's birthday at david's house we got a mechanical bull frightening for thanksgiving kelsey my best friend rented a mechanical bull and had a mechanical bull at her house for thanksgiving and i went (laughs) And I don't know why all you, her aunts and uncles are riding the mechanical bull. <laughs> are you were. good at the bull? Um, not really. I mean, I've actually never ridden it at Saddle Ranch because what? I'm scared. Uh. I've ridden it like at all of our like a, a friend events that we have. The private bulls. Yeah, I ride the private bulls because like you know who can who's controlling it. <laughs> but also wow. at Saddle Ranch, you can get drinks that are like in fish bowls. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Yeah, and the people there love us now yeah, of like, course i'm trying to so around the bar there's like plaques on like and it says like reserved for whatever you need one. i'm like trying so hard to get one they said that if you want a plaque you have to go three to four times a week for three to four months <laughs> oh my god i think you're on your way that's i'm on my way honestly i should have worn my saddle ranch shirt honestly i almost did that's the endorsement they're looking for <laughs> also they love you because like you're the only non-tourist in the place a lot of the times there's so many hotels yeah. over there it's, that was the first restaurant i ever went to when i came to la it was one of the first yeah same my dad said that one time he dropped me off at a meeting when we first like when we were just visiting when when i first started doing music and he went to saddle ranch for lunch and i was like dad <laughs> what's Full wrong circle. with you yeah. like <laughs> What's wrong with you? Why are you, you getting keep, lunch at Saddle Ranch? You, like, you keep them in business. Mm-hmm. Honestly. <laughs> My uh, friend Kelsey rented it out for her birthday party. Wow. Is that the birthday That's party where you were, you were like, you were doing Jeez. some lip sync thing? I was not lip syncing. I, I mean, not karaoke. lip syncing. Yeah, karaoke. <laughs> and again, I was fully sober and I was still the craziest person at that party. Uh-huh. And I don't know why I'm like that. But yeah, I sang birthday sex That's for her. <laughs> karaoke and then my friend started throwing cake so I was you know in performance mode so I was like oh there's cake being thrown I like grabbed the cake and like put it on myself and like put it on my friends and then I was like oh great I have cake all over me and now I need to go to the bathroom and I was like trying to wash my shirt out in the I keep hitting this microphone I'm like forgetting that it's there I talk with my hands but yeah I was in the bathroom for like an hour trying to wash cake out of my shirt wow yeah that sounds like a fun party for you um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I forgot that you're 19 and I'm promoting the giant sized drinks at the Saddle Ranch. You, you can't drink any of those. But you didn't drink the other party that I saw you at either. Are you the sober friend a lot of the time? Um, I go, I like to go through, um, like long periods of time where uh-huh. I am sober because, I mean, technically I'm not legally allowed to drink, but, you know, I'm a teenager, whatever. Yeah. So, I, but I figured, I, like found out about myself that when I drink a lot I it's not good for me like mentally like I I don't like it I get really really sad especially when I'm depressed and I drink alcohol it's horrible like I've been in really 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 dark places before and I like over the summer I was sober for three months and it was like the best three months of my life that was when I like was starting to like realize like that I it was when I was starting to get past my depression. It was when I was really like coming into my own, and um, I think it was because I wasn't drinking and I was really taking time for myself. And I took a couple like social media breaks, and um, yeah. So I don't, and honestly, it's I just like don't even think it's that fun anymore. Like being hungover is horrible. Oh, it's the worst. I agree. It, but that opens up your brain and it, it relieves the weight that you're putting on your brain too. Oh, yeah. 
mm-hmm. it allows you to just deal with the weight that you have naturally to deal with. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Bulls, music, I life. Think I, I have a question, but I don't even know if it's, a, if it's a question. I'm just going to make a statement. Okay. Oh, good. Well, no. <laughs> Wait, like, Hold on to something. No, I'm just like, you hang out with a group of people that all have like a really big following. Uh, Is that like important or does that help or... No, I think just being in LA and being in the industry, like that's just the people that you meet. And like, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like you exist here now? (laughs) Yeah, I I think the recently, like the group of friends I've been hanging out with, like I love them so much. And um, I live with three of my best friends and I've, they've been my best friends pretty much since I came out here. And so I've always had them. And then there was like the people that I like, new and acquaintances and whatever and I would go out and I would see them and it would be like a hi but I never felt like close to them and it was more about those people that I was writing about and the song I don't exist yeah but I I don't know I I, I just I feel like recently all of even my extended friends I don't even like hang out with people that I don't that I think don't like me or that make me feel like that or that make me feel weird or that people that are trying to be cool I just Mm -hmm. like don't clout chasers I just like don't care like I don't care like you're all sitting there at Poppy and you, great, you look really pretty. And what are you doing? What are you like? You're just literally sitting there. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> on their phone. But y- you bring up cloud chasers. I mean, a lot of people probably want to get into your group of friends to do exactly that. How do I you- mean, I don't want to say that we're like exclusive, but like we just kind of we we all are so close, and we like we were talking about this the other day, like we're so lucky to have a group of friends that is like real and genuine and like we know that we have each other's backs no matter what like i literally i have like the best friends in the entire world so when we meet someone new and like immediately if we can tell like that there's anything off about them like just a slight bad vibe like we'll keep them like as an acquaintance and we're not going to be mean to anyone but we won't like let them in to our like close-knit group of people because it's just not worth it like you have the people that you can trust and then you have the people that you don't know if you can trust and you keep them at like an arm's length and you don't tell them your secrets. You can go party with them. You can go have dinner with them, whatever, but you don't want to let them in on, you know, stuff that's personal to you. I get that. And and that meter only forms from trial and error yeah, and experience. Exactly. Oh, and I've met some like literally like <laughs> coming to L.A., some of the people I've met, like I'm not religious, but like I started believing in Satan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Dude, I've heard of some, like, people around here, I've heard rumors that they worship Satan. Probably. I've heard some crazy stuff. Didn't know about that, but but I wouldn't doubt it. I I don't want to say who. Illuminati? I don't know if it's the Illuminati. I think it's even, like, even not even weirder than the Illuminati, but, like, a different... It could be total nonsense, but I did hear one thing. It's a collection of YouTubers, a part of a group. That's scary. I, I, they I just want attention if it's YouTubers. Anyone I know? Anyone I'm hanging out with? Is it David? No. <laughs> I, I do wish. But he did describe his friend group in an interview that I watched once as a Twitter update. So he updates his friends. Are you afraid that you're going to get caught in an update and uh, he, you know, get recycled out of his friend group? No. no. I mean, I mean, I have, like, I think if that ever did happen, it's like, great, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> if someone doesn't want to be friends with me, like, I won't. I'm never going to like try to be a part of something if someone doesn't want me there or whatever. That's what I realized recently also is like, I, why am I trying to be friends with people that like already are 
over here and I'm over here. Like, I have my friends. I don't need anything more. I don't need to be a social climber. I don't need to go and be friends with everyone and whatever, whatever. Like, I have my friends. I love my friends. I have people I work with. I have acquaintances, whatever. This is my life. You can't waste energy because you don't got a ton of it. Mm -hmm. So you got to give it to those who want it and deserve it so then you can foster something real instead of just spreading it amongst wildly. I I get you. Respect. (laughs) Olivia O'Brien. Do you have a date on the album? Um, and it's coming out in spring. Spring. Mm-hmm. That's a season. Mm-hmm. It's not a date. <laughs> but uh, I can't tell you the date. Thank you. I love and those you, shoes. Thank you. I actually, I was like, I need to wear these shoes. Like, what shirt can I wear with these shoes? Like, the outfit was planned around these shoes. Uh, I need everyone to know that. That's how you know it's a good <laughs> pair of shoes. Yeah. When, when they call the shots, mm-hmm. power. You're going on tour, right? Yes. Uh, st- my tour starts on March 31st, and it's through all of pretty much all of April. Okay. I'm missing Coachella. You'll be fine. <laughs> I know. The only reason that I'm upset is because Tame Impala. Okay. Like, but I'm, I'm gonna see them. I'm sure they're doing other festivals. So. Are you are you having a full band or what's your tour like? I have a drummer and then a guy who plays guitar and keys and like cues all the little stuff and he even does background vocals sometimes. His name is Connor. He's a legend. <laughs> but yeah, and then I, uh, and then I just that's it's just three of us. Cool. One more question. I didn't know until I was doing research that you wrote I Hate You, I Love You. I thought maybe it was a co-written thing. Well, I, I mean, I obviously didn't write Nash's part. Of but, course. Um, yeah, I wrote that song in my room like when I was 15 on my keyboard. Like I remember like the day that I wrote it. Um, it was about this boy when I was like... It's so, it's so funny now I look back I'm like how did I write that song about like this person that I literally could not care less about? <laughs> but... <laughs> That person changes everything. Uh-huh. Is there a part of you that wanted top billing on that record because it started with you? Yeah, I think there was a time where I was kind of like, I mean, for lack of a better word, I was salty, like that it wasn't <laughs> mine. But now I'm kind of grateful because I don't make music that really sounds like that anymore. Like every once in a while, I'll write a little piano ballad, but I'm kind of grateful that it got me because it got me my record deal and my managers and my lawyer and my team and whatever like it sparked my everything. Everything it made, gave me a career, so I'm grateful for the start that it gave me. But I'm also kind of grateful that it wasn't like my first debut song because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know how to like make music per se. And I'm glad that I got the chance to kind of start over after that and invent myself because I didn't know who I was. And even then, like, I, it, it constantly is changing. And that's the cool thing. You know, when you write your own music, your music can be reflective of who you are. Yeah. And where you're at. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be defined by anything or anyone. Amen. Appreciate you taking the time hanging out with us. Yeah. And I appreciate you giving us energy and honesty. It really is thank awesome. Thank for having me. And uh, thank you for making me cry a little yes. bit. Sorry. It wouldn't be an Olivia O'Brien interview if I didn't cry. I always cry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mikasa su casa, whatever you want. You have another song? I, I just have Jeez. one. I just saw this on I'm me. I'm scared every no, time no. you start talking. I just saw this on the <laughs> internet. What happened to the ducks? Somebody wanted to know. Oh, um... <laughs> So the ducks, we were just fostering them when they were babies. So my friend Charlie, my roommate, she um, has this friend who owns a farm, and he was like, I have all these baby ducks, and like they're just going to be put in a box, because she wanted to get like a pet. Um, so she chose a duck? <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know the reasoning behind it. But he was like, I have all these baby ducks, and like they're just going to be in like a box, like and if, so if you want to take care of them, like you can. So we just took two of them and we got made them a little like incubator and we 
hung out with them every day for a little bit, and then they got too big to be in the house, so we gave them back to him, and they're free on the lake. Oh, okay. Around. So that's a duck update. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Look at look at that, <laughs> Olivia O'Brien, duck mom. Yeah. Breaking news. Ex-duck mom. <laughs> you raised them. They're yours forever. Duck Just mom, because they're out of the like, nest, you yeah. know? All right. I'm sure they remember you. All those good times. <laughs> Olivia O'Brien, thanks for hanging. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.